And we are live. What's up, everyone? This is the Law Raider Mundo, and I'm back with another edition of the Law's Roundtable. This is episode 11, and I am joined by the ultra-violent beast himself, a legend in person right here, Masada. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing good. Doing good today. Awesome, awesome. So thanks again for joining me, man. This is amazing to be able to speak to you like this. Not the actual first time we've spoken, though. It actually was, I want to say, around three years ago at a BCW show. First okay. time we actually got to meet. And even then, I was like, I had to pick your brain a bit. Because I've watched you, <laughs> I want to say, since like TOD 2012. Oh, wow. Long time. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, it's, it's been a while. But awesome. Yeah. It's, it, should be, it should be fun. So I have yeah, to ask, fun. just to start this up, is how is everything? How's everything been? We're still in this mixed of a crazy scenario here so how are you doing uh, as far as like the pandemic goes um things like in texas are kind of like back to normal you know what i mean they reopened the state so i mean it's as far as i can tell it's pretty much normal you know yeah. i actually just took a covid test like two days ago just to check make sure just out of the blue because you can be asymptomatic and not even know yeah. but came up negative so i'm happy about that yeah, so, it's great but, I mean, everything here is pretty much back to normal. Everything's up and running. Thank God. Yeah, How are things awesome. in New York? Uh, it's actually, it's still, it's like a day-to-day thing. Certain days, numbers are lower. Certain days, numbers just seem to keep skyrocketing. And it's like yeah. one minute we're open. Next minute, it's back to everything. It's like going back to what it was. So it's yeah. like, as far as wrestling-wise, we're kind of opening up again with everything yeah. with the the vaccine just, mandate and everything like that. So it's somewhat getting at least back, back to normal in that sense. Right. I saw something on Instagram. I think it was yesterday that hog wrestling has a show coming up, which is great. And like they're advertising in times square. Yeah. They had the like huge uh, poster with amazing red, which is awesome. Yeah. There was a whole billboard yesterday. And that's again, that's showing like for a company like that, that again, it's been basically brought from the ground up for them to be able to start again. It's like, okay. This is a good sign, at least for the New York Indies and such. Yeah, like definitely. Yeah, and then AEW was just in New York too. Yeah, that was, and again, that's twenty thousand people right there. I couldn't <laughs> yeah. believe like that again. It shows it like we're we're kind of getting back to somewhat normal. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so, good. I mean, got to get back to normal. Yeah, sooner or later. You're craziness and it's like, oh crap, this sucks. <laughs> like bad. <laughs> like so, sucks really bad. Definitely does. Definitely. But have you been have you been watching like the indies right now? How everything is starting up again. I feel like we're finally getting into like shows like GCW running more, Hogs coming back, places like that. Have you yeah. been keeping your eye on that or? Uh, I mean, for the time like when the pandemic first started, I didn't really watch any wrestling. You know, I just kind of focused on my business and uh, just making weapons. Funny enough, but yeah. you know. <laughs> Gradually, because like I had like literally my whole year like booked out after Hog when I wrestled Loki, I had my whole schedule planned out, and then all of a sudden you hear that COVID's coming, and it's like gradually, just like everything started like getting canceled. So yeah. I was like, dang it, you know. <laughs> uh, like, that was actually that show was the last one I actually was able to work with too. That I was at that show when you when you wrestled Loki, and it was like from there it's like, uh oh, that's when it just sit in like, yeah, as this is happening. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it was crazy because man i had bookings for detroit georgia florida 
uh, back in Philly, New York, and then Tijuana, Mexico, and then Mexico City. And then I have in the workings going to Australia. Ooh. And um, it's crazy because, uh, you know, a few wrestlers I heard when COVID hit, like they actually got stuck in Australia because of the pandemic or whatnot. But yeah, it was crazy because everything just started getting like, you know, canceled here, canceled there. I was like, oh, damn it. So, no. you know, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> no. no, again, at least, at least like we said, it's a good sign of things are starting to open back up. So I can imagine right. there's going to be the promoters calling, hey, we want to get you here. We want to get you here. Yeah, and that's that's actually what's going on right now is um, I'm going back to Tijuana for the crash, going back to the oh, crash. That's awesome. Excited about that. That'll be October 8th. And then IW Mid-South, I'm going to be back there. Uh, was it September 30th and October 1st? It's towards the end. It's coming pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and then things, what else do I have? Then XBW in Rochester, New York, and then just got confirmed for Excite um oh, in Birmingham, new york so i'll be your neck of the woods pretty soon here <laughs> i see i guess i'm gonna have to check out one of these shows to see uh yeah. see you in person again because yeah, yeah it's been a minute <laughs> yeah it has like it's crazy it's been over a year it's like yeah. easily way over a year yeah and it's crazy though how time is flying again like i guess indie wrestling it's shown that's like it can survive anything because it's yeah. done that same boom because i feel like when the pandemic hit it was at that course of like becoming like that mid 2000s indies again. Like it was, everyone's talking about independent wrestling, independent wrestling, especially with AEW showing up. It was like, everyone's focused on, okay, there's a whole other crop of talent that people aren't watching like that. Yeah, definitely. Like now we're finally, we're kicking back up again. It's again, last night, Homicide and, and Minoru Suzuki tore the house down here in Queens. And it's like yeah. people are, into it again they're crazy about it that's great to yeah. hear they're gonna have some busy is, time too yeah i mean that's the thing i've watched a bit of aew and i think it's cool what they're doing it's like they're actually taking wrestlers and then put them against guys you would not expect like yeah when they brought in nick gage to wrestle jericho it's like you would never guess that or even thought that would happen in a million years and you got a huge pop you know what i mean so there's definitely a fan base you know awesome. and it's cool um, that they're actually giving people the opportunity you know because uh, a lot of people Connecticut would be like, no, like, you know, get them out of our building, <laughs> like security. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, and it definitely, again, that's what I like about it. That's like, again, Gage has killed it this last year alone. I feel like between him and uh, RSP, they've made even deathmatch wrestling again, like into a big thing. Yeah, like, sure. AEW put a platform like, hey, we'll, we'll do our version of it. Cause again, they can't go to the full extent either, but they still, showcased amazing talent right there oh yeah definitely i, I agree with you 100 percent no but speaking of which i was going to ask you especially your thoughts on that like that growth even this last year in the pandemic there was still a lot more interest into the deathmatch world so your thoughts on that well i mean the thing is it's like people i think when you don't have anything to do and people want to get entertained and then they start opening like their eyes and different revenues of what's going to entertain them. They'll, they'll start finding things and like, Oh crap, that's crazy. No. A lot of people that didn't have anything to do because they're, you know, quarantined at home, search YouTube like, and then like find out about deathmatch wrestling if they don't know. And I think uh, dark side of the ring has opened a lot of people's eyes on a lot of things as well. Especially like the new season that's coming out now. I think uh, the next episode is about FMW. Yeah. It should be really, really, really interesting. So I think that opens a lot of eyes, you know, and 
when people are sitting at home, you got nothing to do. So you just watch old matches. <laughs> like, definitely, definitely. No, I feel like that's, it's the best thing for it. Cause I feel like, again, it has its niche audience, but I feel like, especially if you give it a chance, there's something to find there. Like right. I've been a student of the game. I enjoy all kinds of wrestling. And when I see that, I'm like, it's just, it's insane to watch, but it's like, you can't help but look, like, look at it. Like you want to yeah. be like, that's crazy, but I can't stop watching. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I kind of wish things like with Deathmatch Wrestling, we go back in like to like the 70s and the 80s, yeah. where it's more or less, it wasn't considered a style. It's more or less like a, a heated rivalry. Like, I really hate this guy, so I want to like cut his face open. Yeah. But now it's, it's more or less like it's, you know, it's its own style. It's its own uh, thing. No. But I kind of wish it would go back to the way it was back in the days. No, definitely. And I feel like that's, it's, I guess that's where some companies would be like, oh, they've made their revenue out of it. Just being like every other match is a death match now. But it's like, I do enjoy that factor of when it meant more having the story behind it. Yeah. Like, oh, there's sure. a reason for this. Like, okay, we got these two guys. They've done their singles. They've done their fights. And it's like, there's a reason for something like this to happen. That's like, okay, fight to the death in a sense. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and honestly, that makes it better for the wrestler to get more motivated, you know, because yeah. this, you know, there's been times I've been on tournaments and it's like, what, you got me in like 300 light tubes? Why? And I don't even know this guy. Like, okay, so let me just go rip through them. But it's like, it really doesn't make any sense. But, you know, each of them, each of them, people like to get popped. And like I said, the storytelling is way better, in my opinion. It'd yeah. be a better thing. And I do have to say this, like going back with like AEW, I told Coke Cabana this a long time ago. It's like when uh, they did a uh, WrestleCon in New Jersey, yeah, packed house. And I told him, I was like, if everybody could work together, WWE would get put under. And then that's what you see now. Like all top indie guys and veterans of the game are all coming together. And it's like now WWE's ratings are dropping down. Uh, impact is down. So, I mean, that's actually the most exciting thing to watch. I just watched Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega kill it. And that was the first match on the, on the show. Like, that's insane, man. But it's very cool to watch. No, definitely. And I feel like that's, that's, some, that's something everyone has, has talked about, the chance of, again, that's what independent wrestling is. It's like you get to see people from around the world compete. And doing that on a big stage like AEW, it's like, it means a lot more because now it's like oh, yeah. there's eyes on it like crazy. Again, they took the risk of putting a pay-per-view match like that, like Kenny and Brian Danielson and opened the show with it. And yeah. I feel like that they even, they put out numbers and I'm like, it just shows you it works. Letting people get these matches. And again, we could never think guys from all around the world, they're bringing in luchadors, they're bringing in guys from Japan, all that. And it's like, it's, it's proven to work. And this yeah. is, Again, to, to the guys in Connecticut, they're probably like, we probably should have tried that first. <laughs> well, and, and another thing, too, is when you watch it, it's like they're actually working with other companies. So yeah. they give, you know, Impact, you know, their credit. They give New Japan credit. I think AAA. Like, so, I mean, that's cool. You know what I mean? You can't, WWE, in my opinion, is always try to, like, black, you know, wipe everybody off where they don't exist in wrestling. Yeah. And it's just the WWE universe, which, I mean, it's so far from the truth, you know. It's kind of discrediting to other people that have, like, busted their ass and paid their dues and, uh, you know, help pay the way. But, you know, 
like I said, AEW is good. Everything they're doing is awesome, in my opinion. Everybody's mm-hmm. working there. That's really good. It's always good to see that. No, definitely, definitely. And again, it's given, it's great to see even what they do with Dark. It's like, again, to see guys like even Matthew Justice on there, guys like that, that are getting opportunities that's like, probably wouldn't see in, in a place like that in the E because they'll usually maybe throw them a match that's like, oh, a one-off on SmackDown. With this, mm-hmm. it's like, you're actually getting YouTube time that's a whole other audience of millions of viewers right there. Yeah, totally. I mean, I that's I give you credit to like the young bucks and everybody else that's like behind the scenes of like they know they know the fan base, they know what people are watching, and they're not stuck back in like I, I went back in time where it was like death matches, but it's like they're not stuck in the 80s of like you know the formula. It's the exact yeah. same thing and it only goes so far, you know. And when word starts getting out how people get treated in the company, and it's not good. I don't know if you watch Chris Canyon, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, oh, but yeah, yeah. the things he went through, and it's like, you know, John Cena's trying to say, like, no, he came out, you know, after he got fired, but then it's like, why would they have him do that thing with The Undertaker? You know, like, why? Like, so, I mean, it's not cool. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not good at all. Yeah. And again, it sucks, because it's like, I feel like, you get in that, you're in that place, when you're in that place as well, it's that cash 22, like, I want to keep my job, but you also have to have your morals at least to know, hey, this isn't right either. So yeah, it's, it's that yeah. you're in the middle of like, what do I do here? Yeah. Which again, and that's the thing with like Chris Candy. It's like when I did my dark match, I had a dark match in Houston. No. Uh, I guess Jeremy Lopez and like, he gave really good advice. You know, he was super cool, like approachable. And he made sure to take the time to critique everybody's matches, you know? And I thought that was really cool, especially as being a veteran, you know? It's a shame. Really is. And again, that episode, I feel like that's, it's definitely Dark Side has opened the eyes to a lot of things for people to see that, hey, maybe unless you've you've heard from others, it's like, you don't really hear about these things. And it really, it makes you, it makes you think a lot now. Yeah, I mean, that's like one of the, yeah, definitely. That's one of the things that's always like kept kayfabe is just like all the stuff that goes backstage and how people get treated. And that's like the thing with me. It's like I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I've always been vocal of like things. If I don't like something, I'll yep. blast it. I've always done that where it's like you're not going to treat me like crap. And like I'm here bleeding for you. So yep. you fill your pockets like and then like I get something on the back end. But a lot of stuff I just won't put up with. You know, that's just me. That's how I've always been. Some people respect it. Some people don't like that, but hey, whatever. <laughs> no, definitely. I definitely do. And again, I've been lucky to be in wrestling maybe now four years going on five. And it's mm-hmm. like, I, I try to respect everyone, show their, show that um, due diligence, but it's like certain times you have to be like, uh, I don't like this. <laughs> like I yeah. have to uh, put that stomp there. Like now nah, this isn't, this isn't what we, we signed up to do or to be a part yeah. of it. That's yeah, so like you said before, earlier. So, like, you know, you got to stick with your morals and like, you know, I mean, just your core of who you are as a person, you know, you can't let people tear you down. Definitely, definitely. That's another thing too. It's like, I just saw Loki in Houston last weekend at local wrestling and he has always kept like wrestling true and has stayed true to his character and has never let anybody screw him over, you know? So some people might not like it, but you know what? In the end of the day, it's like you go out and fight on the streets and kick your ass. So, like, you're not going to tell. Definitely. I feel like that's why he gets the rap of, like, being difficult to work with. I'm just like, 
I've I've gotten to be around him a few times. He seems cool to me. He just he knows <laughs> he knows what he wants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, if you tell him something stupid, he's gonna give you a stupid answer and like yeah. probably get a roundhouse kick to the head. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's your fault for being dumb. You know, definitely, definitely. But from there, I got also to to move away from wrestling for a little bit. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, exiled artifacts because I see that's something you definitely promote a lot on your on your end. Um, can yeah, you talk so, us a little bit about that? What what is that? Yeah. And so the thing is, like with exiled artifacts, like I've actually been making crafts and like jewelry and like weapons, like since I was fourteen, before I even got in wrestling. Oh wow! And one of the things I always wanted to do is actually have a storefront and like just make custom things from like all over the world, you know, because like traveling like Japan and like you get to see so many different crafts and different levels of like weapon making and then different things in Europe and say New Zealand and Australia. So I always like looking at things from different cultures and then it's like, Hey, I figured, I think I can make that, you know? And then that's what I do. So if anybody messages me and they have something in mind and I'll draw it up and like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'll make it custom handmade, you know, right here. I'm actually in my shop right now. So, and that's what I do you know, from skulls, like all kinds of crazy stuff. Interesting, interesting. Link's stuff definitely, I really enjoy doing. Yeah, I definitely put the link down below to that if you guys want to check that out. I was looking at it earlier, I'm like, this is some some crazy things that look amazing, though. It's like <laughs> even the weaponry, it's like, okay, yeah. I, li- I like the design of it. Like, it's the yeah. outlook. I mean, great. and then some of the stuff, I mean, you've actually seen, like, in Ring of Honor in New Japan. Yeah. Like, uh, the trench knife that I make with a bone handle, that's actually in John Moxley's debut uh, intro video. Oh, wow. To New Japan. And then you have uh, Ray Rowe and his tag team partner, the gauntlet leather shoulder pieces. I made that for them. Oh, wow. So, there you go, guys. Little, little Easter eggs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know hey that has to be great to see again you're something that you you put your love and into all that it's like it has to be great to see in places like that like yeah definitely. Hey, that's a part of me there yeah for sure yeah it's awesome 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 but uh also i got i guess that also transitions into is that love for those creating those type of weaponry and stuff like that is that what brought you into i guess the deathmatch scene like wanting to use that type of stuff in well, wrestling no nah, i mean the thing is like when i got into wrestling like i was a fan of wrestling when i was five you know because yeah. <laughs> you know I've, it's crazy because like you know i'm in kindergarten you know and as soon as i get out of school espn used to show everything yep. they used to show old mid south global awa so i got to watch it every day it's like literally at 3 p.m it would be pro wrestling and it would be american kickboxing so i always watch that and at age 11 i got in taekwondo and started doing martial arts. And uh, I knew at age five, I wanted to be a wrestler, but gradually I kind of grew out of it after, you know, uh, I guess you could say the territory's like shut down. Yeah. I didn't have cable to watch WWF or WCW. I knew what they were, but I couldn't watch them. So I gradually grew out of it and started doing martial arts. And then some friends of mine actually were big wrestling fans. They still watched it. And then they told me about ECW. And I was like, well, what's that? And they're like, Extreme Championship Wrestling, and Show Me Sabu, and like, you know, Terry Funk, which I remember Terry from back in the day. And it's like, holy crap, you know, the wrestling bob wire, that's insane. Because originally I was like, screw it, I'm going to go fight in a cage. I'm going to do like UFC because it's an open tournament. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, gradually things have changed. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that kind of instilled my love back into wrestling. So, you know, from 
like age 14, I stopped doing martial arts and then I was just looking to find a school. And then finally I found a school in Orange, Texas. Started training when I was 17 and shortly debuted after that in 1999. So to go back into hardcore style things like hardcore wrestling was really popular in that time period. And then I could wrestle and do Lucha Libre and technical wrestle. And I was doing that when I went into Ring of Honor and when I worked for NWA Wildside and the trials for WWE. Uh, Major League Wrestling and TNA. But the thing is with me, it's like they become so political where you have everybody, like not just one guy, but like say like 30 to 40 people trying to get jobs in these companies overseas. And it's either Zero One, All Japan, NOAA, or New Japan. So if everybody's trying to cut each other's throats to get to these companies, yeah. well, the opposite way. And I'm going to go to Big Japan because. <laughs> Nobody wants to go there because they don't want to get cut up. Yeah. No. Just being like, hey, I don't care. Like, you know, it's, it's I, I was a big fan of FMW. So FMW shut down. So Big Japan is the next option. So that's where I went. So, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, where I made my niche, you know, like I'd done trials with WWE and I was doing the indies, but I really wasn't making that much money. You know, there were some events I wasn't getting paid at all. No. Uh, but when I went to Japan, it's like, holy crap, it's like I got a full schedule. I have a guaranteed pay of what they're going to pay me. It's like, okay, I can make a living off of this. So I did three months over in big Japan and I came back, went back to WWE for tryouts and I didn't, I didn't get a match on either one of the shows. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going back to Japan and I'm going to focus on that. Yeah. You know? No, I can imagine. It's like, it's a guaranteed sense there. Like yeah, you got I mean, something cool. set up already. Yeah, it's cool because, I mean, it's like a few years back, I wrestled with Sabu, and I told him, I was like, you know, I emulated my career off of you, and the first thing he said is like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, no, it's cool. I mean, I got to see the world, but uh, I think the thing that kind of sucks is when you do, like, death matches, you get, you know, pigeonholed, and, like, everybody just assumes that's what you do. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'd rather do regular matches. A lot of guys are in AEW and NXT and WWE. I've worked with them, you know, and just... Yeah. Straight up matches, a lot of matches in combat zone, but for whatever reason, you know, uh, CCW's just never put those matches out. It's like you got to buy the DVD to watch me wrestle Adam Cole or Air Fox or, you know, really anybody, Homicide, you know, unless you've seen them, you don't really know, but you just see the blood and guts. (laughs) (laughs) Which is is crazy to think because, again, like, I feel like that's the the biggest, um, the thing with deathmatch wrestling or wrestlers yep. that they they kind of pigeonhole you guys into that's it but it's like yeah. again if you've seen independent wrestling if you've gone to shows you get to see matches that's like they can go just like any anyone else like yeah, I, i've seen i want to say clips of it i didn't get to see the full match of one time you wrestling uh ar fox mm-hmm. and it's like again it's straight up match there's nothing else to it and it's like yeah. even your match with, with loki i want to say at the last one at hog it wasn't too, too crazy from just a, a match in a sense. Yeah, it was just, keep, yeah, yeah, just a uh, big man, little man match. You know, and that, those are the matches I really enjoy doing. You know, yeah. even with deathmatch wrestling, I like being creative and like figuring things out and like make sense of them. You know, I just don't like going out there and bashing stuff over each other's heads. There's no yeah. talent, in that. but uh, yeah, for sure, it's like you get typecast into things. I mean, even when I wrestled like Kevin Steen and beyond, it's like it was just straight up wrestling match. And towards the finish, when I pulled the skewers out, the only reason I did that is because like he's kicking my ass. Yeah. He's at 100%. 
my knee, my right knee at that time was blown out. So like shoot blown out. So it's yeah. like, well, what makes sense here? If he's trying to stretch my knee, I'm tapping out. Even as a CCW world champion, um, a lot of people gave me crap for that. It's like, oh, you shouldn't have tapped out. It's like, but he's on top of his game. Yeah. So, and I'm gradually, I'm going down because I need to heal my knee up. But anyway, pulling the skiers out was just try to equalize things to win. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's the psychology. And, see, and that's, that's the perfect thing. Cause it makes sense there. It's like, right. you're telling that story of like, I got to even it up somehow. I'm already on a banged up. I'm, I'm one legged in a sense. He's yeah. perfect right now. Okay. Time to even up the odds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is I even had to explain that to, to DJ. Cause he was like, you know, you're the CCW world champ. You've had the title for almost two years now. I was like, you have a DJ. He's on top. He's 100%. Everybody knows my knee's blown out. It makes more sense. And in the following match, like in CCW, I'm losing the belt anyway. So it makes even more sense. Yeah. It's a perfect story right there. Sadly, it's like the fall right there. And then you can come back up and make yeah, it. Yeah. And the thing, that, the thing that sucks is like I was supposed to hold the title for even longer, you know, yes. and that was the plan. And then when I had the, the belt, I was actually defending it in Mexico and just straight up wrestling matches yeah. in England. I was actually doing like hour long Broadway matches, just straight up technical wrestling. Oh, wow. If you look at fight club pro. It's like, you can find those matches, but I think it's kind of funny. Just <laughs> to me, it's like, if you look up Masada wrestling, you'll see me against Maven and WWE heat. And then all of a sudden the wrestle just be like, what the hell? Like what happened in his career that made him do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, it's crazy though. Cause again, you're bringing up, like you wrestled in the UK, you're wrestling in Mexico. It's like, these are some big things to just like, oh, we're passing through. <laughs> yeah, like, right. how, do, how do you get that? That's like, I, I get the Japan, it's a big Japan. It's like, that was a, that's a goal right there. How do we get yeah. to the UK opportunity? How do we get to Mexico? Just. Well, the crazy thing is, so like what happened, like, so when I was wrestling full-time in Japan, yeah. WXW had messaged me. Uh, from Germany and they wanted me to come in and at that point in time like the economy took a hit so uh, they were doing less shows in Japan I was like man you know it's expensive to live out here and if there's doing less shows and, and you know I gotta start going back you know either yeah. back to the states or go to Europe where the currency is stronger you know so what ended up happening is in the uh, uh, in Rodden had actually messaged me about coming in for IWM and South King of Death so Went and worked with him, and he had already worked with Felix with WXW and sent guys out there. Okay. So gradually after I did the tournament for him, I went to Germany, and uh, I was like, I think I did two shows in one day and made really good money. I was like, okay, this is what I miss, you know, like <laughs> this is what Japan needs to get back to. Yeah. So what ended up happening is I ended up having a fallout with like Big Japan. I ended up leaving the company like two times because I just didn't like how it was being treated and just yeah. like, thank you for going. And then I focused back on the United States and then Freedoms with Jun Kasai and Sasaki Takashi, they really liked my work and they liked me as a person. So then they brought me back overseas into Freedoms. Okay. And then gradually I went back to Big Japan, which <laughs> the funny thing is with WXW and CCW at this point in time, in between the middle, I actually started working for Combat Zone. And uh, worked for them for a while and actually got WXW, Combat Zone, and Big Japan to start working together. So I was a big player in that happening. You know, didn't get a lot of credit on that until I got pissed off and I started speaking my mind and told DJs, like, hey, put this out because I've helped a lot of these guys out. Yeah. And he was taking all the credit and then finally he did. 
you know. Yeah, because I was going to say, wait, six so months that's after a, the fact. Six months after the right fact. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like six months after the fact, fact, prick, you know, but <laughs> it's whatever. But what ended up happening, so to go to the UK, it's like uh, I actually went there as a kind of like a break time. I went there to Germany for WXW. Yeah. Did a week there, and then they had a layoff period of time. And then I filled that time period out in England for a month and then came back to Germany for two weeks. Then from there, went to New Jersey, wrestled there, flew back to Texas. I was only in Texas for like two hours and then flew to Japan for a month. So it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was just telling my wife uh, last night, it's like I was a big, big fan of uh, Street Fighter 2. And it's like back in those days, like I felt like I was like the airplane. It's like it's going it's from going, like yeah. country state to state. <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of how it was. <laughs> so that, that's, cool. that's amazing right there. That's crazy. So from there, how do we get to Mexico? Because I've definitely seen you've gotten crazy with the crash and with, with that. Uh, yeah. How'd you get into that Lucha Libre? Because I heard earlier when you were talking about the style you wrestled, you could wrestle that too. How'd you yeah. become a fan of, of that? Well, that's the thing. It's like before, uh, you know, before I even started training to wrestle, like I always watched everything. I watched yeah. Japan wrestling, old school wrestling from the South and Northeast uh, to Lucha Libre, AAA, CMLL. Yeah. Uh, like back in the day, I used to love watching CMLL. Like I really liked gotcha. the product and like the match setups and what they did. Um, but the funny thing is like living in Texas, like you hear everything going on at the border with the cartels and like how you get treated as a foreigner there and it's yeah. really dangerous. So for the longest time, I didn't want to work there. And then finally, uh, Chalinga Mask, it kept messaging me. He's like, why don't you bring you down to Mexico City? I was like, well, is it safe? Because... You know, I hear what's going on. I got family. I was living in New Jersey at the time, but I hear from my family what's going on over there. It's like, yeah, you'll be okay. You'll be safe. I'm like, all right. So went to Chalanga. And the funny thing is I became friends before any of this with uh, Bestia. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. When I wrestled for UWF in New York, uh, we became friends. And he was always like, yeah, you need to come to Mexico. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> like, had no <laughs> intentions of going. But then finally, I was like, you know what? Mexico's got a market there and no. it's like, it's time to go. So, went, went and worked for Chilanga and then a few other promotions and then gradually went into the crash. And the crash is awesome. And then it took a period of time where uh, I didn't get booked for a while with them. They had given me dates and then it just kind of fell through. And then uh, Conan, of all people like message me out of the blue he's like hey i want you to come in for AAA, and i got tv and whatnot so i went and went to tijuana and at that period of time the crash was trying to rebook me back in yeah. i was like well i already told conan i was going to do this date before y'all reached out to me so i can't just cancel the date with him because y'all are offering me more just a man of my word so yeah. I ended up doing that and like, you know, took a hiatus from the crash, but now I'm back, you know, it's yeah. business. And funny thing is Conan's back in the crash. Now, I was going to so say like, well, that's, that's kind of funny how it worked, but okay. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> wrestling Wrestling's crazy. It's like people will have heat with each other and it's like, yeah, my pockets are kind of empty. You know, want to be friends again and make money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how it goes. Definitely, but, definitely. And I told Bessie that too, just recent this past time in Houston. I was like, man, no hard feelings. I don't really care because I get the size, business size of everybody's hill. And it's like, I got a family in 
I gotta pay my bills you know that's where my mind's at hey that's that's the biggest thing end of the day so yeah it's awesome though and again it's gotten you some, some to, great opportunities yeah and i do have to say this the thing of like mexico is like all the veteran wrestlers like la park and psychosis and oh man there's like just so many even conan damien 666 they're all great guys you know yeah. and they're like professional and they stay true to the business I think a lot of things like the United States lack in that, you know, yeah. keeping your presence and like keeping your character base like protected and just staying strong, yeah. you know. But, you know, I love wrestling in Mexico. It's awesome. It reminds me a lot of Japan where they yeah. keep traditions alive and different things. No, definitely. And I think that's why, like me, I'm definitely a big fan in uh, the Lucha Libre culture and that style because it definitely, it, it's, it's such an art form over there and the storytelling it's, it's not matched. Like, I would love for that to transition a little more over here to American wrestling, but maybe one day. Again, certain things are starting to, like, get brought over, so maybe, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is, that too, that's crazy. It's like, it, it, this goes, like, international. It's like, if you look at, like, Japanese uh, veteran wrestlers, a lot of them have bad backs, bad knees. You know, they take some hellacious bumps, and then yeah. you look at the luchadors, where you, you watch that style of wrestling, it's like, these guys are flipping off fucking buildings like but they're still moving they're still able to work you know like i wrestled in la park like a few years back and it's like you know you wouldn't even think it but he's like in his 50s and it's like dude you're still flying around like back in the day when i watched you in wcw as a kid yeah and i made him feel old but it's like hey sorry but i'm still like in awe of that because like you're awesome you know what i mean now to bring it back like we spoke about earlier even hoovy was on AEW the other day and it's mm-hmm. like, Ovi looks younger than he did then. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the guy going never at it. <laughs> like they don't age. <laughs> like, Maybe that's like the I'm, secret I'm, thing. I'm Caucasian, and it's like I age like hell. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like Maybe that's the secret. They usually say don't drink the water. That's what's keeping them young. That's why they don't <laughs> want anyone to drink the water. I guess so, man. <laughs> oh, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. But with everything, with everything you've done, speak going back into I guess the modern day right now. Is there anyone you're looking at like, oh, I wanna, I wanna face that guy. I wanna go here. What's what's yeah. on that list of yours? I mean, the thing is, like, there's a ton of guys I want to work with. Like at some yeah. point in time, I really like to work with uh with Moxley. Cause yeah. you know, the funny thing is it's like when I was in CZW, like I was supposed to wrestle him for the yeah. title, and then he got signed. And uh Mox is super cool, you know. And it's just one of those, I think, more or less like a dream match for fans to see that finally happen. Definitely. There's so many years of like, holy crap, like, what are they going to do? Because Mox can work, Masada can work, and they both do death matches. So that'd be pretty intense. Yeah. Um, a guy, uh, too, that I've always been wanting to work with is uh, Jeff Cobb. You know, I got to work with Ooh. him a little bit in uh, Inspire Pro in Austin, but I always wanted to do a one-on-one, but it just hasn't happened. Yeah. I think realistically it's just anybody that's like on top of top of their game, you know, that's who I want to be in the ring with, yeah. you know, now I'll still do death matches, but I want to more or less like focus on guys that are in the mainstream. Yeah. Cause I feel like in a lot of ways, it's like, I've worked with so many of them. So it's kind of like, I want to get into the mainstream. Yeah. Like I've had a little taste of it back in the early, like two thousands. And now it's kind of like 23 years of wrestling. And it's kind of like, I should be, somewhere on that page you know yeah no doubt and i've joked around i've said this before uh in other podcasts like man like 20 30 years from now i've ever been somebody's like wwe wrestling book it's like <laughs> I've worked with a lot of these guys and i helped a lot of them out 
especially overseas in Japan where they didn't speak the language and like living there for eight years. Like I knew how to take care of things and translate over their matches to the Japanese talent. So yeah. it's cool. You know, you have guys that uh, pay respect, you know, Tommy N is one of them, you know, Malachi Black, you know, he's like, if yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like I said, just to work with top guys, even Loki, you know, working with get to work with him finally, it's like it was awesome, you know, because yeah. I first time I ever saw him in Ring of Honor, the first show, I was a huge fan. It's like, whoa, like he's awesome, you know. No, I could definitely see that. And again, even with Mox, that would be amazing just to see you guys work, even if it's a just straight up match. Like I yeah. feel like that would be that would be cool to see because I feel like even Mox's style, though he he works uh, just regular matches, it's still a fight. So I feel like yeah. you and him could definitely pull out an amazing match and should happen anywhere. That's a dream match right there. Yeah, definitely, and then that's the thing. Like even in CZW, I, DJ was like, "Who do you want to work with?" It was like Mox, and they're like, "Same thing." He agreed. He's like, "Yeah, I want to work with Masada," and like. You know, it didn't happen, but it's okay. You know what I mean? So you gotta hey, make your money. We're at the we're at the time now that anything can happen. Yeah. Like for I said sure. last night, a match that who would have thought could happen. Suzuki and, and homicide just happened. So yeah. Crazier things are starting to happen now. And I feel like that's the best thing about indie wrestling. It's like any minute that door can open again. Yeah, definitely. And I mean the cool thing is that everybody's got their strong fan base, is they follow yeah. what everybody's doing. Yeah. You know. Which is, which is that's, that's kind of one of the things that Nick Age he had told me uh, a game changer in Florida. He's like, I think yeah. people forgot who you are. And I was like, because the pandemic is like, yeah, because you just haven't been wrestling that much. And I was like, well, I mean, all my shows got canceled. Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do, man? Like, and I like, I stopped being on social media as much. You know, I started posting yeah. things like my wife and my family, and you know, focus on things that make me really happy. Yeah. No, and I feel like it, it's, I guess in that sense, it's it's the, maybe at the moment, what have you done lately? But it's like, that fan base is always going to be there. Again, like I, when I did the intro, to a lot of us, you are, you're a legend in this business. You've done some amazing things. Like we spoke about that tenure of just everywhere you've gone. It's like, especially in my area, in the tri-state, again, everyone's gotten to see you in places like CZW and ICW and stuff like that. It's like, the name Masada still resonates here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, I always love wrestling New York and like Philly. They, the Northeast, the East Coast is like awesome. You know what I mean? That was always like my thing when uh, leaving Ring of Honor to go to Big Japan. My main goal was to always go back to the Northeast. And I didn't yeah. care what company it was for. It's just to get back there because yeah. the fans are awesome. You know, it's like the crowd reaction and just like it's really super cool. Like they get into everything and. You know, you can do shows like in certain states where people just are like, huh? It's like, why'd you buy a ticket if you're not even a fan? You know what I mean? Like, what is this? But hey, whatever. (laughs) No, I got you. No, and again, it's, it's, I guess they each their own in that sense. That's like, if they're in it, if they're not, but definitely there's a lot more people that are in it that are, again, interested in seeing you again. Um, Speaking of which, with that Northeast, uh, the the rumblings now of CZW coming back would that be something you're interested in or yeah I mean definitely I mean I've actually 
messaged DJ, I'm going to say a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. I was like, hey, uh, how are things going with pandemic? Because I know he got hit really hard. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm just trying to work on things and get things back in order. Yeah, I'm always interested in going back. You know, it's just can things get back to the way they were with like half the talent roster is not there. Yeah. And the past two times I've, I've went, it was like completely different locker rooms. Like yeah. I didn't, a lot of these guys. So that was kind of, kind of weird. It's like the twilight zone. I was like, what? This is CZW? <laughs> like, it's different. Yeah, I think and the then, last show I went to was their, their last cage of death, and it just, it felt different, like, how, how, it's, how it's been. Yeah, it's and the thing is, like, I'll go to a Game Changer shows, and it's like, okay, I know everybody here, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. And we all have our stories of, like, you know, why we, people leave and, you know, do their other things, but, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm definitely interested in going, going back. If you get something running back, you know, I'm always, I've always been loyal to people, you know, that's kind of, it's a good thing, but it's kind of also been a downfall, I guess, because you never know who's sticking a knife in your back. And it sucks to have that mentality because I've always been straight up real with everybody. Some people don't like that, but never stuck a knife in your back. I say it to your face. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like, like that's, and again, that's, that's the more commendable thing. That's like, Hey, say it, to, just do it like that up front. Then being the one that's like, Oh yeah, this person said this or that person said that. Yeah, it's like, there's too much, yeah, there's been too much hearsay where somebody will say somebody on someone's back. And the thing is, uh, Rudy Boy had told me this a long time ago. He's like, if you say anything about anybody, it's gonna get back to them. Yep. So just kind of keep your mouth closed. But the thing is, for me, I just go directly to them and say it to their face, <laughs> and then like, yeah, I said this, and now you know, <laughs> like. No. So you don't have to hear it from him or him. Like, I'm telling you, yeah. you know, but. No, and that works again. Hey, again, like I said, a name that's known around and there's a reason for it. You do your business, your style and it's, it's worked out. Yeah, exactly. That's I nice. mean, even with like Ido Ruji in big Japan, it's like, yeah. I didn't like, him. he didn't like me. I try to be nice with him, but then it's like, Hey dude, after a while getting light tubes kicked in my face, like, Hey, I think you're an asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, I don't want to take your stupid frog splash with 30 light tubes on my face. So, like, yeah. you know, sorry. I'm just I'm tired of it. <laughs> like, yeah. And there you go. Sometimes you have to take that risk, too, because, again, you're in a whole other territory right there. You're in foreign land. And it's like you still got to stand up for yourself because, again, that's how that's how people take their their advantage. Yeah, so. for sure. They definitely will take their liberties. And that's like the thing that goes with Ito. It's like. Always in the back of my mind, it's like, I know at some point in time, we're going to wrestle and it's going to be the United States. I'm going to beat the living hell out of you. And it finally happened at CZW. And like the very, I mean, it's not professional on my part, but, you know, the first like minute or two, like we're going to forum exchange, I just light him up. And he's like on Dream Street, the rest of the match. And it's like, yeah, dude, like when the promoter's pushing you in reality, real sense, I'd eat you up like there's no doubt about it like you'd be on the floor right now getting kicked in the head but no and he knew it you know that's kind of more or less like hey I'm not pretending to be a tough guy here it's like that's just how it is you know no again you kind of gotta learn it the hard way like karma's gonna come back to you so there you go right yeah for sure I mean that's how it is you know (laughs) No. It's like, it's the thing is like with wrestling, wrestling is very competitive. You know, yeah. a lot of people lose sight of that. It's very competitive on getting your jobs, getting your spots. Yeah. But the funny thing is if they actually went more with like realistic heat with the boys of like guys that don't like each other, I think in my opinion, those make the best matches because when they go out, 
they'll put their match together, but they're gonna beat the hell out of each other. It's yeah. like I, yeah. I feel like that's that would probably draw the biggest way. Like, hey, you're gonna see a fight. You don't know yeah. anymore what's happening in there, but they're doing something. Yeah, but, and that's that's the thing too. I've noticed my wife and I've noticed like watching some of the AEW shows, like the guys are laying stuff in. You know, like Matt Hardy wrestled Orange Cassie, I think it was like three weeks ago. Yeah. Like a tilt roll DDT, and his nose is just like blood all over the place. And then Malachi Black against Dustin, you know, he busted his lip. And it's like the guys are laying stuff in. And that's the thing, too, that I think for the time period when WWE was on top, a lot of people were just like, nah, I'm going to watch MMA. I'm going to watch UFC or Bellator because it's real. And yeah. But now you watch AEW where they're actually hitting each other or even look at danielson his chest is all oh that forehead cut open yeah he posted a pic from from that match on wednesday and it's like his chest just looks like it's it's coming off and it's like it gives you that realism again what you're looking for like and again i feel like that's why people tend to watch that now because that's what you get from indie wrestling it's like this isn't just the spot 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 you're getting to see some some battles in there and that draws people in yeah, that's what really built uh, Ring, of, Ring of Honor's fan base. Yep. It was a strong yeah, style. Yeah. You guys are going out there beating the hell out of each other. Yep. And then a lot of stuff, like people are like, oh, this is new. But if you look in the history of like wrestling, it's really not new. You had battle arts in Japan doing that, UFO, yep. uh, rings. They were doing the work shoot, pancreas. Yep. It's It's been around for a long time. It's no, just definitely. never been put on a main, uh, main show in the yep. United States. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like they're they're bringing that art back. Like again, you watch like Masawa and Kobashi and them. They weren't they weren't like just tapping each other. Those were were some strikes, and it's like <laughs> you're finally seeing that on American national television right there. It's like now yeah. it's starting to get that art form again and that love for it. Which yeah. me as a fan, I'm definitely I'm big on that. Like even training, my biggest thing was okay. I want to still make this look like a fight. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm big sure. on strikes and everything like that. It's like, it's great to see that on again on television. It's awesome. Yeah, I think the thing is too, it's like, if you go back, like, you no, know, we're doing a lot of time jumping here, but it's like when you go back, <laughs> like the territory days, like it yep. was strong style. And then uh, gradually when Vince took over, a lot of things changed. And I get it. I get why things change because if you're wrestling two or three times a day and you're wrestling every day of the week, it's like, you got to save your body somehow. Yeah. You know, no, it, it definitely it has its ups and downs. I guess at one point it's like it's to have the length, but it's also like, do you want to keep interest? Yeah. So I feel like it's it's still that moment of like, okay, I've seen this before. We're gonna get this spot, drop down, shoulder press. It's like it's it's stuff that's like, but when you're in that moment, you're like, holy shit! Like they're just going at it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. I mean, that's like the thing too. It's like, if you go like old school wrestling and even like with my death matches, like I would always do where I would have the gimmick in the guy's head and like try to submit them and then have <laughs> referee check the arm, like one, two, and then start firing back up, you know? And people get into that, you know? No, yeah, it, it has that, it has that, that story to it. It has that, like that feeling, that emotion that you want. That's like, okay, I'm invested again. I'm in this, let's, let's keep it going. Yeah, like, if you can do that, you have the crowd right there in your hand. Oh yeah, awesome. like even even with the ten count of the referee, you know yeah. the guys down count them. I learned that in Europe. You know, yeah. 
it's like a lot of things with the rules of wrestling in the United States get kind of just whitewashed and people don't really follow them. Yep. So like, if you don't follow the rules then the fans really don't follow the rules, so they don't really understand what's going on. But in yep. the UK, it's like when someone's down, if you have the rule is basically you have two seconds to pin them. Yep. If you get down less than or more than two seconds, you have to get up because it's a 10 count. They're knocked out. Okay. That's the rule. So like me not knowing that I would like slam the guy down and I would be like, yeah. And then like, I go for the pin and the ref would be like, no, you gotta get up. Like, what? Like, like, okay, I'm getting tired of like going down and getting back <laughs> up, man. Like after a while, it's like, screw it. I just bump them down. And like, okay, count them. <laughs> like, you know, I guess that works. adds to it too. Cause it's like, now you feel like, okay, it has that like boxing element. That's like, okay. Yeah. I just really knocked this dude out. Count away. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is like, if you get like, really deep in depth on storytelling. It's like when I wrestled Kasai in Pain's the Limit 3, yeah. he did three false finishes in a matter of just like two moves. Like I powerbombed through the sheet of glass, which is insane. Yeah. But then it's like a 10 count. He gets up right at nine and comes oh. out, cover him, one, two, he kicks out. Then I powerbomb him for one last time, one, two, he kicks out again, like, holy crap, you know? And I can imagine the crowd's on their feet because it's like, how oh <laughs> like yeah all that and it's like it's it's that emotion there it's raw it's amazing yeah definitely yeah. and that's the cool thing is when people are on the same level with wrestling like we're going to tell the story and get it over and it's like it's great you know yeah. no yeah. definitely and that's what you want you want that you want that over and to get that reaction from it that's great yeah, i want to say one story i feel like you guys were able to you were able to tell too was recently with um with atticus the mm -hmm. selling of the skewers because again everyone that that's seen your deathmatch side it's like your trademark is is the skewers yeah so that story i feel again that shows even in deathmatch you can tell a bigger story with it with him yeah, like trying to get uh i want to say i guess your your blessing with it or if not beating yeah, I don't it really out know of you what the hell that was <laughs> like, like i still don't even know like the thing that sucks is like so when all that was going on i, yeah. I went for no peace underground in florida and I, I know Atticus is like, he used yep. to message me when he first broke in. And then uh, I just wasn't following anything on social media, what was being said or the promos. And now after we already do the match, I've watched some of the promos, like, what? <laughs> like, if I would have known that he was like, don't bring the family, man. I want the ultraviolet beast. It's like, okay, well, I would have totally came in differently then. <laughs> like, yeah. if I would have known this or watched it, but. You know, I gradually just got off social media where I wasn't paying attention to anything. Yeah. But I mean, the match was cool. Like Atticus is like one of the guys, like I told him before, it's like, I wouldn't mind doing a best two out of three yeah. of just straight up wrestling, then a strong style match and then do a death match yeah. or even do something crazy where it's like a skewers on the pole match of like, you know, it could be yeah. yours, it could be mine, you know? There's so much stuff you can do and just yeah. going back to this old school stuff, old school gimmicks. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, it was cool. I mean, wrestling, working with him, it was cool. Because yeah. you get to see somebody who's like a big fan and then like what he's doing now. It's awesome. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. I definitely. And I, I definitely feel like maybe there's something <laughs> left there, I guess, from, from, from your side of it that you still would like to, to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah, if it makes money and people are into it, it's like for sure, you know, but there's like a lot a lot more stuff that could be done, yep. you know? So. Definitely, definitely. Um, I don't want to take too much more of your time here. So I have one last thing 
I always okay. bring up with everybody here is what's the end goal? Be it wrestling, be it in life. What's your end goal for all this? Well, I mean, ultimately to be happy, you know, and like right now I'm happy for a period of time, like in wrestling, I just wasn't happy. So I took yeah. a break from it, you know, uh, got married, got sober, you know, sober for shoot over a year and a half, you know, which is great. Cause after a while, just de dealing with people like, and just, you can't trust people. So my outlet was just drinking and then being yeah. in pain, which is really a lame excuse because I have a pretty high tolerance threshold of pain, but yeah. I think more or less for me is just dealing with people and uh, just gradually getting off that crap because anybody that suffers from alcoholism or drug addiction, like really should get help. And you got to really find what makes you happy, what your purpose yeah. on, this, on this earth's for. Because if you, with me in wrestling, it's like, I said everything with like wrestling became one of those obsessed people where it's like, oh, it's, it's got to be this, you know, there's nothing besides wrestling for me. And then once you realize there is, and it's like, it's easy to just like, oh, I don't need this crap. I don't need a yeah. drink. I don't need to numb out any kind of like pain or like any kind of mental thing of like, well, why don't these people want me? Any of that kind of stuff. So I went through a lot of that and, you know, just gradually just getting back into what I'm doing now. But as far as like wrestling goes, like I'm, I'm happy because promoters are reaching out to me. Uh, you know, the word gets out. It's like, you know, he's sober now. He's easier to deal with, which I don't think I was ever hard to deal with. You know, mm -hmm. I just certain things, if I didn't agree with it, it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Or like, I think on the back ends, like I'm going to get screwed over on this and you're writing me yeah. off. So I'm not going to do it. But, you know, you got to kind of like power play a bit. You know, you got to know what your cards are. But ultimately in wrestling, it's just be the best you can be, in my opinion. It's, it's, I always want to be known as the best hybrid wrestler. Yeah. And I want to be on the main stage of like showing that because I'm 40 now. Pretty soon I'm not going to be doing this much longer. Yeah. And I'm realistic about that, you know. But just, you know, be the best. You know, that's the whole reason of getting in the business is be the best, work with the best guys and have respect and be known. You yeah. know what I mean? That's one of the things I always find it, it very cool and interesting. Like there's a box right here that has like tons of magazines and books that have been in, you know, Germany, Japan, England, Mexico, and maybe three or four PWI magazines. <laughs> like for me, it's like, there should be a lot more PWI magazines, you know, especially being an American, you know, yeah. but, but like I said, main goal is just, you know, break it out and start doing things and showing people what, I can do what I was doing back in the 90s, you know, 99 when I broke in and uh, if things get switched up to doing hardcore matches or death matches, be the best at that too, you know? Awesome. Awesome. There you have it, guys. Thank you again, Masada, for coming on. Uh, I know you're not that big into social media right now, but if they want to find you, uh, where can they? Uh, they can go to Brigham Paul Dome Masada on my Facebook or they can go to official Masada on Instagram Exile Artifacts on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can also go on Twitter, which I'm never on that. I think Twitter is kind of, and I don't have time for it. Like there's an official Masada Twitter, but you won't see anything on there really. Like, yeah, like I think what I was real... looking for, because I, I put all the links down below. When I was yeah. looking, I'm like, okay, the last thing that was retweeted was like in 2017. So I'm like, yeah. I don't think he's using this, but no. I'll put it down there anyway. I mean, I just honestly, I just don't have time. And the, yeah. the thing is, the wife is the one that really runs my social media accounts yeah. now because like, you know, I'm constantly working, you know, it's like, 
like lately right now it's like i've actually started dieting hitting the weights getting back in the ring and training and getting back to working out the ring rust because the pandemic i really did actually develop ring rust um which is crazy because i never had that before but when you take a year almost a year and a half off it's yeah. like okay like i'm older <laughs> now i need to need to lubricate my joints or something i need yeah. to do something to get back in shape you know Double. Uh, i mean that's what i'm doing and then on top of that doing custom orders so Double. i don't really have much time to be on social media plugging stuff i occasionally do but not as much as i used to no gotcha hey it's a good it's a good, day, uh, a good time. Like, yeah it's a good reason to be busy like it's a lot of actual important stuff as well than just be on social media scrolling for no reason so that works yeah <laughs> I mean, like, I think it was like with Instagram. I like Instagram. Like back in the day, I used to love like going on there and checking out people's artwork and like yeah. other weapon makers and craftsmen. I always enjoyed doing that. No. There's like a, a one artist, I forget his name on an Instagram, but he's from the UK. And he literally can take marbles and he can carve them in the skulls. And oh, it man. looks, it's just the dimensions and the cracks and like, how does he do that? It's insane. And he sells them for like 600 bucks a pop. And it's like, that's like a marble from like the Dollar Tree. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But hey, I guess it works. People are buying it. Hey, I've been tempted to buy them, but it's like God, it's 600 bucks and it's a marble. But nah, like, <laughs> I'll just, I'll give him a like. Like, I'll like his Instagram. Yeah, there you like, go. But it, <laughs> awesome. But thank you again, Masada. Thank you guys for watching. Please, as always, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, hit the follow on Twitch as well. And also, Go to the links down below, follow Masada, follow the guests, and support, guys. As always, don't forget to be wise, be genuine, be real, and be better people. Love you all, and we'll talk on the next one. Peace. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>